rowing. Keating emulates Carlos sporting great Sean Dre by winning at Royal Henley. Article by Kieran Murphy. Carlo rower Jack Keating secured a place in Carlo and Irish rowing history when he joined an elite group of Irish rowers who won at Henley Royal Regatta, which took place in the middle of August, where he competed in the Prince of Wales Challenge Cup, winning the men's quadruple skulls event. He is currently a member of the Leander Rowing Club in England. In the final, they saw off the challenge of Twickenham Rowing Club with Queen's University of Belfast in third place. Finbar McCarthy and Paul O'Donovan won the Double Skulls Challenge Cup, so it was a weekend to remember for the successful Irish rowers. Keating says he was chuffed to win at the same regatta as the Irish Olympic gold medalists. I was fortunate enough to row with a high-calibre crew. To make history to be the first Carlow man to win at Royal Henley since Sean Dre. I am one of eight Irish people to win at Henley, one of four to win a sculling event, remarked Keating. Basically, Paul O'Donovan, Finton McCarthy and myself were the three newest winners and we did it on the one day. It was nice to be compared or to be on the same wavelength as those boys. Rowing has been a part of Keating's life since he was introduced to the sport in Carlow by his parents, Jim and Magella. In his early years, he was coached by his father, Jim, and Paddy Bean. He was selected on the Irish team for the 2018 World Junior Championships, while he was also part of the men's quad that rowed and took gold in the 2017 Coupe de la Jeunesse at Haswinkel in Belgium. In the 2017 Junior European Championships, he was in the Irish boat which also claimed gold. Keating admits that somewhere in between, he fell out of love with rowing, where studying and training at the level wasn't working for him. Gradually he moved back into the sport, but he was out for a total of 17 months. He had a number of options. He could have gone coaching in Australia, but he was enticed to go to Leander Club which is based at Henley-on-Thames. His recent win suggests he made the right decision. I decided I hadn't given the last 10 years of my life to rowing just to give it up. I decided to go to Leander and compete at a high performance level. I put my international dreams and hopes on hold for the moment and am really enjoying what I am doing, he said recently when he returned to Carlo for a short break. Rowing is full time for him now. He is supported by his parents, while there is also help from his new club in England. He has a range of different options where he is now. Our boat class is heavyweight, no lightweight in Henley. From an early age I have been heavyweight and haven't had the lightweight opportunities. My goal would be to win a level above which is the elite level. If I could win that, I would be in a position to trial for a country, which could be either Britain or Ireland, I'm not sure yet, Keating explained. It is interesting that he has not ruled out the possibility of rowing with Great Britain. It is an option, but nothing is set in stone. He even has caveats around his Olympic dream. Currently, I want to try and win as many Henleys as I can, he said last week. With regard to the Olympics, I would hope to go in 2028. 2024 would be a big push. With Covid and the decisions I took, I had nearly 16 months away from competitive rowing. I don't feel I'm ready yet to go for 2024, he pointed out. Yet, nothing is down in black and white. Plans could change. 
Christmas could come around and I could be moving really well, so then I could aim for 2024. For the moment, and perhaps mindful of those months away from the sport, he is happy where he is now. I want to enjoy what I am doing and not put a huge commitment on myself, he stresses. Carlo Soccer, KCLR Carlo Shield, Round 3. Derby Day draws a fair result. Article by Harry Shorthose. The result? Dolman Celtic 2, Hanover Harps 2. A draw probably seems a fair result as these two local rivals ended all square after a fascinating Carlo Derby last Sunday morning. There was a big history between the two and a lot of bad blood, so it was always going to be a feisty game, and both sides were certainly up for it. However, both sides will rue the missed opportunity to win the game after both led at stages during the game. Hanover in particular will feel like they should have won the game, with Colin Campion squandering several chances. It was an enthralling game between two sides who will know that they have a lot of work to do if they are to challenge for the title this season. But like someone remarked on the touchline after the game, it was far from a classic. And it was a game that will not live long in the memory of those in attendance. It was a slow burner of a game that took a while to get going, but in time became open with plenty of chances. Hanover dominated the possession and made life difficult for the Dolman defence, whereas the home side preferred to counter-attack and cause problems that way. The big early chance fell to Campion after six minutes. Coming in from the left, cutting in he should have scored, but his effort was deflected out for a corner, which was cleared by Dolman. A Paul Connors free kick two minutes later was headed into the keeper by John Nangle. Joe Doran tried to chase a loose ball in the defence but couldn't get to it. Hanover went close on 15 minutes via Mikey Horahan from the right-hand side, but his effort was saved easily by Jamie Hennessy with his foot. Dolman had a shot saved shortly after. Horahan tried to play through Campion from the right on 20 minutes, but Campion hit it wide at the near post. Dolman's Joe Doran had a shot saved and cleared moments later. With 20 minutes to go until half-time, Phil Neenan played in Campion from the left, but he hit it over. Just after the half-hour mark, Hanover finally took the lead, as Aaron Kinsella gave them the opening from the right. Dolman went close via Keelan Lacey with an effort that was put wide under pressure. With seven minutes to go till half-time, Dolman equalised from the penalty spot. John Nangle doing the honours, sending the keeper the wrong way before knocking it into the top right-hand corner. A Walsh corner just before half-time was hit wide by Campion. The second half was far less open, with both sides struggling to get a stranglehold on the game. The best chance fell to Hanover three minutes in via David Dunfree, but whilst he hit it over the wall, it was hit straight at Hennessy. Four minutes later, Campion tried a shot, but it hit off a defender, with the ball falling to Walsh, whose shot Hennessy tried to catch, but ended up tipping the ball over the bar. An Enan free kick offered Hanover the perfect chance to take the lead, as it was placed right in the box across the goal, but nobody could get on to the end of it. Dolman went close on the hour mark, as a Connors free was hit well over the bar, with a lacy effort moments later being saved. With 20 minutes to go, Dolman shocked Hanover by taking the lead against the run of play. 
A long ball from Lacey just hitting the crossbar with Dorn on hand to knock it in despite complaints from Hanover players of offside. This seemed to spur Hanover into action as they had an effort saved moments after. Dolman also went close with Ben Dourley going close from distance but Stephen Scanlon dived low to his left to save. With 10 minutes to go, Hanover drew level with a Johnny Waters cross from the right that found Campion, whose diving header found the bottom corner to finally get himself on the score sheet. Lacey should have put Dolman back ahead, but fired wide at the back post. The teams, Dolman Celtic, Jamie Hennessy, Lorcan Canavan, Brandon Doyle, Paul Connors, Jamie Dourley, Ben Dourley, Jake Murphy, John Nangle, Joe Dorn, Keelan Lacey, Padraig Mannion. Subs, Jack Walker, James Williamson, Boney Malimo. Hanover Harps, Stephen Scanlon, Mikey Hurahan, Brandon Redmond, Johnny Waters, Stephen Charlton, Phil Neenan, Aaron Kinsella, Dylan Walsh, Colin Campion, Jack Foley, David Dunn. The subs, Dara Brennan, Shane Murphy, Owen Byrne, Gary O'Keefe, Jason Murphy, Pa Dowling. Carlo Soccer Scores KCLR Shield Group A, Kilry 3, Ardatton 3, St. Pat's Boys 8, Fort Barrington 0, Round Tower Rovers 1, Slaney Rovers 6, Group B, Bagnallstown 0, Mill Celtic 1, Group C, Ballymurphy Celtic 0, Crettyard United 7, Balting Glass Town 0, Burn Celtic 2, Group D, New Oak 10, Nurney 0. Senior Division 1 Cup Quarterfinals. Crettyard 5, Carnew 0, St. Pat's Boys 4, Parkville 1. Bridge United 2, Balting Glass 0. Seniors Division 2 Cup Quarterfinals. Burns Celtic 4 from penalties. Carlow Rovers 4, 3 from penalties. Slaney Rovers 5, Fort Barrington 3. St. Joseph's 5, Village 1, St. Fuchs 2, Bagnallstown 0. Athletics O'Toole AC ladies narrowly miss out on podium place at the National League final. The AAI National League Division 1 finals took place recently in Tullamore Harriers Stadium, where the men and ladies teams from St. Lawrence O'Toole AC lined up in the final. St. Lawrence O'Toole ladies finished in an incredible fourth place, just missing out on a medal by two points, while the men finished in sixth place after leading at the three-quarter way stage due to many athletes being injured and other commitments. Up first on the track for the ladies was Claire Hutton, who competed in the 1500 metres walk, and she put in a fantastic performance coming home in first place and taking maximum points. Jenny Sawyer, who is an up-and-coming athlete, took on the 400 metres hurdles for the first time and came home in second place behind Deirdre Murray. She is sure to progress in this event in the future. Jenny also competed in the 4x100 metres and the 4x400 metres relays. The Doyle sisters, Elsa and Sheila, took part in the 1500 metres and 3000 metres respectively. Both girls put in a very strong run in a competitive field, earning the team valuable points. Chloe Hayden competed in the 200 metres, coming in second place behind Lauren Cadden. 
Chloe was also a part of the 4x100m and 4x400m relays. Maria Dunn was next on track, competing in the 800m. Maria finished in fourth place in a very tough race and was also a member of the 4x400m team. Then it was the turn of the short sprints, and Saivo O'Toole had an impressive run in the 100 metres, taking second place and earning the team seven points. Saiv also led out the 4x100 metres relay, giving her team a super start before handing over the baton to her teammate, Chloe Hayden. Chloe had a fantastic baton pass to Kiana Nolan, who stepped up when she was needed to fill a place in the relay. Kiana passed the baton to Jenny Sawyer, who brought the team home in a strong fourth place. The final track event of the day was the 4x400m relay. The team of Maria Dunn, Chloe Hayden, Ava Kernan and Jenny Sawyer stepped onto the track against five extremely competitive teams. The girls did us proud and finished in fourth position to bring our total to 91 points. Number one and a PB were the order of the day for Kiana Nolan as she was the star of the field events for St. Lawrence O'Toole, scoring top points for her team in the discus, landing it out at 34.89 metres. She then followed this up with a PB in the women's pole vault and very high second place finish to gain a further seven points for O'Toole's ladies and moving them into medal contention. No doubting her talent and dedication with the rewards definitely coming to her at the end of the season, and we are sure a sign of things to come for this talented athlete. The women's throw events were all contested by the O'Toole athletes, with Emma Hutton competing in the hammer and weight for distance. She gained points in all two events and was very impressive in the weight for distance as it is her first time back at this event for some time. Leah Hutton took her place among the team in shot put and javelin, despite not competing for a number of years. And she too helped the team climb up the rankings with two excellent fourth place finishes. In the jumps, O'Toole athlete Ava Kiernan did the double and contested the triple jump with an excellent third jump finish of 9.5 metres and a valuable six points for her team. She then went on to jump a brilliant long jump in a full field, adding another five points to the O'Toole's total to finish up in fourth place. Competing for the men's was Kieran Cooper in the long and high jump, David Kidd, the 3,000 metres walk, Ty Ryan, 110 metres hurdle and pole vault, David Hayde, 100 metres, Alan Miley, 200 metres, Adam Shaw, 400 metres, Ken Archibald, 800 metres, John Culhane, 1,500 metres, Brian Kerwin, 3,000 metres steeplechase, Matthew O'Reilly, shot put and discus, David Perry, hammer and javelin, Oshin Shannon, Abdul Mateen Olatiloa, Jeremiah Duru and David Hayde, 4 by 100 metres relay. Lawler brings down the curtain on memorable season. Article by Kieran Murphy. Carlos sprinter Marcus Lawler was on an Irish relay team that ran into second place in the 4x100m relay race at a meeting in Budapest on Tuesday. The team consisted of Conor Morey, Lee Vale, Stephen Gaffney, Rathvarnam AC, Mark Smith, Rahini Shamrocks and Lawler who is now running for Clonliffe Harriers. Their combined time of 39.68 puts them fifth fastest ever for an Irish relay team for the distance. 
The team have only come together recently and their practice on the baton has been limited, as Lawler explains. We only met twice since I came home from Tokyo. The changeovers are a massive part of relays. Here, our changeovers were good, conservative and smooth. We could have stretched them out, but this would have made them more risky. We were conservative, making sure we got a good time on the board and got the baton around, explained Lawler, who says they are looking at a bigger picture going forward. With the European Championships set to take place next year, Ireland are hoping to get the necessary time and send a team. This was a good run. You need two times, so we got one on the board. It was the fifth fastest ever by an Irish team, so it was not a bad return, agreed Marcus. The beauty is, there is scope for more. The national record is 39.39 and we ran 39.68, so it was a good return. We aim to break that national record next year. We have a good enough four people to do it. There are probably a couple of subs who could get in there too. When you are putting a team together like that, you need your top guys togging out. We practiced the changeovers once. It could have gone smoother, but this was all about getting the baton around. Up to Friday, the Carlo Sprinter has run at two different meetings since Tokyo, representing Clonliffe in the National League in Dublin, while he also ran the 200 metres in Hungary. At the weekend, he ran a season's best of 20.69 at the Mary Peters track at the Belfast Open. Now he's hanging up his spikes for about a month. I'm happy enough to call a halt to it. The key is to take four weeks off and not look at a track at all and switch off. Then the cycle starts again. The World Championships and European Championships are on next year. Cricket. Farouk's century helps Carlo to big win. Article by Harry Shorthose. 171 not out from Mohamed Farouk helped Carlo to a 289-run win over Dublin University on Saturday in what was a very low-scoring game, apart from that. Having batted first, Carlo put on 328, with Farouk's contribution making up the majority of that. The next highest scorer was Shadim Khan on 28, with Amir Mahmoud on 22, Saeed Raza 19 not out, Rory McCall 16 and Sofiat Alam 11 were the only ones to make it to double figures. With only nine men, it was an uphill task for Dublin University, who were all out for 39. Robbie Alam picked up 5 for 25, with Farouk picking up 2 for 13. Carlo 2 ran out 8 wicked winners over Swords 3 on Saturday. Batting first, Swords could only put on 135. Akhtiar Dawudzai was the pick of the bowlers, picking up three wickets with Mohamed Irfan and Ben Parmiter, two each, with Mohamed Salim and Moshin Hossein picking up one each. Haibat Dawudzai made 100, with Salim making 11. David Gray was 18 not out, and Irfan one not out, as they caught them comfortably. Carlo three lost by nearly 200 runs on Sunday. Batting first, their opponents made 2-2-7. Dara Dooley picked up two wickets. Laik Ur-Rehman, Ahmed and Guru all picked up one each. With the bat, only one player made it into double figures, making 11 as they were bowled out for 34. Carlo and Bagnallstown faced each other this week in a development team game with both sides managing to field an older kids, young adults side of players 
trying to make the jump from kids' cricket to adult. Bagnallstown 1 lost by 130 runs to Leinster 3 on Saturday. Batting first, Leinster put on 184. Nadyun Jasinga was the pick of the bowlers as he picked up four wickets, including a hat-trick of three wickets in three consecutive balls. Leslie Hing picked up three, with the O'Neill brothers Shane and Robbie picking up one apiece. With the bat, they struggled, only making 55. Jasinga was the highest scorer on 11, with Simon Hawkins, the only other player, to make it into double figures on 10. Bagnallstown 2 lost by 190 runs to top of league North Kildare 3. Batting first, the hosts put on a mammoth 342. Inamu Hack was the pick of the bowlers picking up two wickets with Leslie Hing, Ray Stapledon, Pardee Puda and Damar Budatoki, each picking up one each. With the bat, they showed some fight, staying in for 37 overs. Dom Byrne at the top of the order was the highest scorer on 38, with Huda making 30. Rana Fahim Riaz got 28, with Buda Toki the only other one to make it to double figures on 11, as they made 152. Next weekend fixtures. Saturday, Bagnallstown 1 vs Dublin University 2, 12.30, McGrath Park. Carlow 2 vs Finglas, 12.30, Carlow College, St. Patrick's. Sunday, Carlow 3 vs Leinster 6 at 12.30, Carlow College, St. Patrick's. Rugby, Carlow beaten by late try in first game back. The score, Carlow 28, Kilkenny 29. A last gasp by visitors Kilkenny deprived the Carlow Junior 2 side of victory in the first game of the new season at Oak Park on Sunday. The game, played under the banner of the new Leinster League Cup, boiled down to a contest between the heavier Kilkenny pack and the speedier Carlow backs. While the bulk of the Kilkenny scoring came through close in-forward mauls, the Carlow total came from the backs, Cleveine Brennan three tries and Johnny Crossley one try. All four Carlow tries were converted by Liam Slater. After a lively first half played in ideal conditions, the game was tied at 14 points each. Carlo then scored two well-worked converted tries to lead 28-14, and this score continued up to 10 minutes from full time. However, Kilkenny started playing tight forward rugby and added a penalty and two tries with the final try coming in the final play of the game. While the defeat was heartbreaking for the home side, the coach and management were happy with the first outing of the season. Players such as three-try scorer Brennan, Fionnán Burke, Scott Neal, Matt Kyo and Cormac Murray all had good games. Both Kilkenny and Carlo agreed to use the game to give runouts to extra subs. Carlo had four young players in the field who had featured in an under-18 cup final win against Kilkenny last season. The Carlo J2 team, Liam Slater, Johnny Crossley, Cleveen Brennan, Fionnán Burke, Josh Cope, John White, Cormac Murray, Larry McGrath, Evan Gordon, Alan Byrne, Shea Summers, Zach Fitzhenry, Matthew Kyo, Scott Neal, Connor Moore, the subs, Wes Shirley, Connell Slater, Patrick Kenny, Owen Edgehill, Sam Dunn. Carlow players featured strongly last week in the South East Leinster under-16 team which won their second match 24-5 over a Midlands team in the Shane Horgan Cup. 
The Carlo players included Noah Cope, Brian Broderick, Kean Cashman, Killian Moore, Ty Gronin and Jack Doyle. The remaining games against Leinster North East and North Midlands are due to be played at the end of October.